In the gospel readings over the last several weeks, we have had the privilege of hearing about Peter's great proclamations and his great outbursts of offense to God as he bumbles through interpreting reality in the kingdom of God. As usual, we can relate to Peter. We are all bumblers in the faith. Peter both receives revelation from God, Jesus, you are the Messiah, and he sticks his foot in his mouth as he says to Jesus, may it never be that you should suffer and die. Today we can also relate. Peter is trying to get it right, to toe the line. How many times should I forgive someone? He even throws out a number, seven times? Poor Peter, Jesus blows him out of the water as he answers 77 times. Here's where Jesus begins the ridiculous details of this metaphor about forgiveness. The passage begins, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? Another member of the church. Peter's referring to folks he knows that all in the community of faith know. We're talking about the church here. You, me, the involved church attender, we sin against each other. We do wrong, offend, hurt, here in the body. I know it's startling to consider, but it happens. This passage implies that we understand the meaning, gravity, and consequence of sin, as well as the extravagance of forgiveness. Our understanding of sin affects how we relate to God, self, and others. Barbara Brown Taylor strongly asserts in her work, speaking of sin, the lost language of salvation, sin is our only hope because the recognition that something is wrong is the first step towards setting it right again. There is no help for those who admit no need of help. There is no repair for those who insist that nothing is broken. And there is no hope of transformation for a world whose inhabitants accept that it is sadly but irreversibly wrecked. The Greek and Hebrew terms for sin also help us. They involve iniquity, transgression, implying a shortfall or a missing of the mark. In a recent work on sin in the Hebrew Bible, Joseph Lamb articulately states, sin is a deviation from a path or direction, missing the mark, a shortfall. Our lives are in motion, what path are we on? Additionally, there is a focus on burden or debt with sin, as we see in Jesus' metaphor on not forgiving today. There is action, the payment of a bill, the collecting of payment, the state of being indebted, or when forgiveness takes place, the releasing of someone from the obligation of repaying a debt. We see this in the familiar saying, I owe you an apology. The metaphor of burden or carrying debt is also found in the Lord's Prayer, which we pray together each week. Forgive us our debts, transgressions, as we have forgiven those who transgress or are debtors against us. This speaks directly to our text today. To help us understand the problem of sin and the extravagance of forgiveness, Jesus is presenting this ridiculous situation. The first slave or debtor owes the king 10,000 talents. In today's language, one talent 
equals about 16 years of wages. 10,000 talents equals one, about 160,000 years of wages. The slave begs and promises repayment. The king has pity and releases him and forgives him the debt, the giant debt, the impossible to pay debt, 160,000 years of wages. Same slave goes out and comes upon a fellow slave that owed him 100 denarii. In today's language, one denarius equals one day's wages. 100 denarii, 100 days wages. 160,000 years of wages forgiven, 100 days of wages owed. Here's where Jesus' approach to answering Peter becomes interesting. He does not illustrate forgiveness, but what unforgiveness is, and he connects it to our understanding of being forgiven. As we talk about this, I do not in any way mean to speak of forgiveness as easy. It can be very difficult and take a long time. Forgiveness is often a process for us and not a moment. Nothing happens magically or without intentionality. Also, I'm not talking about abusive relationships, which we must navigate with great sensitivity, care, and self-protection. So, in this narrative, withholding forgiveness here is shown through behavior. The slave refuses to forgive and seizes the fellow slave and imprisons him. Imprisons him. Sounds pretty aggressive and violent. But I would say on an emotional level, unforgiveness is. I'm sure as we're talking about this today, present day or past folks in our lives are on our minds. This metaphor challenges us to ponder that perhaps when we hold forgiveness on an emotional and mental level, we, we freeze frame people. We seize them into that moment and hold them in our emotions and minds. We imprison them and they become all and only how they have offended or hurt us. But what is forgiveness? If sin is related to debt and burden, what are we doing when we forgive? And what has God and is God, who never withholds forgiveness, doing for us? Given our narrative, we can infer that forgiveness is releasing from a debt. Further, it literally means to send away as is spoken of God in the Psalms, as far as the east is from the west, so far as has God removed our sins from us. East and west never touch. They are removed. To forgive is to let go, to let alone. It is letting go of vengeance, retribution, of whatever payment we feel we are justified in receiving. In contrast, we see today what it looks like not to forgive. It separates us from ourselves, the other person, and God. Sin's consequence, ultimately, is separation. Forgiveness is that great undoing. In God's economy, all, all of our freedom comes through receiving and extending forgiveness. George MacDonald, 19th century author, poet, and minister asserted Forgiveness is the giving, and so the receiving of life. In this passage, we see the gravity of sin, the need for intentional forgiveness, and the faithfulness of God who never withholds from us. 
The passage ends a little rough, but the point driven home there is that if we really understand that God has extravagantly forgiven us, perhaps in the amount of 160,000 years of wages, we will freely, freely show mercy and extend forgiveness to others who owe us 100 days of wages. All of this hinges on our understanding of sin and forgiveness, that of path of life and burden of debt. Noted author on forgiveness, Louis Smead, states that to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. This speaks to us as personal challenge, but also shows connection to our world. What is something we can do amid hurricanes, fires, oppressions of race, sexuality, and religion? We might first forgive each other. Amen.